Hello, welcome to another NBA Finals Reaction Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Hello, welcome. Here we are again. Here we are again. Game three is in the books. A blowout. Milwaukee Bucks 120. Phoenix Suns 100. Another all-time performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo. 41 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 13 of 17 from the line. They get great shooting out of Drew Holiday, which is will always we, yes. Will, will we get a close game in this finals, or is it just yeah. a weird blowout? Weird blowout. It's not been a lot of close games in the playoffs, honestly. There's been a few, but that's not true. You know that. I don't know. There's the Hawks. Been... The Hawks Sixers were probably four Hawks to five, Sixers, seven. Hawks Sixers was close. Bucks Nets had some close ones. Bucks Nets, yeah, they had a few close, a few blowout. West West has been pretty blowout heavy. That's fair. There, that is a compensating. Because, He's just uh, been compensating for good hoop. With yeah, good the hoop. Suns haven't had a lot of close games, honestly. They had a couple of the Clippers, but eh. uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, but all three of these games have been pretty much over with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and there's a lots of lots of digest in this game. DeAndre Ayton's foul trouble, a big story. Only 24 minutes from him, despite him being incredibly effective. I mean, through. Through the first half or quarter and a half, whatever, I thought he was it was probably some of the best offensive basketball at least that I've seen from him. But only gets on the floor twenty four minutes. Devin Booker, a clunker, three for fourteen from the field, only ten points. He only plays twenty nine minutes. It's the whole entire fourth quarter. So before we kind of dive into exactly what happened, Phil, uh game three, you know, it's it's it was do or die for the Bucks. Like, it's safe to say if they lost this game, then the series would pretty much be over. One could Does say this... it's safe to say. What's up? One could say it is safe one, to say. One yeah. could say that. Uh, <laughs> does this game change your opinion on the series? Is it kind of just a a product of, you know, certain things happening that maybe you don't think are going to continue? Like, if you're a Bucks fan, how are you feeling? If you're a Suns fan, how are you feeling? Let's, let's phrase it like that. <clears throat> I'd say if I'm a Suns fan, I'm not particularly worried as a whole. I think the over the like specific honed in series or the game is okay, Giannis is really legitimately gonna take over probably every other game we play the rest of the series. Uh, if I'm a Bucks fan, I think there's cause for, you know, being happy. You could actually be like, we could possibly run away with this. My prediction throughout, and I still think it might be what it is, is Suns win the first two, Milwaukee won the next two in Milwaukee. And then the Suns close it out. I think that's the way it's going to go. It's possible it goes to game seven just because everyone wins their home games. But, yeah, I mean, the Suns could still legitimately steal away game four. A lot of stuff wasn't going their way tonight. Uh, Booker was off. Chris Paul pretty much did what he's going to do. But he didn't have a spectacular game in terms of what we've been expecting from him recently. And then I even got in foul trouble, and it was kind of hard to keep him in the game. I think he should have played more, but – Monty Williams really did not want that sixth foul. Maybe he thought they accumulated over the next game or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, let's start with the Phoenix side of it before we go into the Bucks and talk about another just monster Giannis game. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about Suns for a second. So, you mentioned it. It's, I mean, I came into the playoffs kind of thinking Aiton was the biggest question mark for this team. And... He has proven just so valuable to them. And on both sides, they really were kind of looking for answers without without him on the court. Offensively, when he's off the floor, 
it really hurts Chris Paul, I think, because now you don't have that that pick and roll partner. Now you don't have because Chris Paul's he, he's not a, a yeah he's going to hunt out some switches if he gets a really nice mismatch on like a Brook Lopez or Bobby Portis. But most of the time, you don't love Chris Paul going in isolation and working on pretty much anybody other than the two centers. I mean, Giannis played great individual defense. He wasn't getting a lot on him. I don't like Drew guarding him unless he's getting a ball screen. So without Aiden, I think it really hurts production of Chris Paul offensively. And then defensively, he's their only guy that has a semblance of a chance versus Giannis physically. The boards are a disaster without him. And they don't have a backup center. So it was very, very telling and a little bit concerning. I think that's the most concerning thing is, okay, we have Aiton going against Giannis, who is, he's going to foul Giannis a few times. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to guard him without fouling him. But at the same time, he's the only guy who can guard him. But if he gets in foul trouble, we're pretty much lost because we don't have a backup center. Our small ball isn't dynamic enough for it to really work for sustained periods of time. I agree that he's – I think he sat too much. I mean, at a point, the, the game was brought to four points, but uh, the Bucks just, just went on a run to end that third. Drew hit some huge shots, and Giannis had another monster third quarter, 16 points in the third quarter for Giannis. Aiden played one minute in the third quarter. I believe it was the first minute and 35 seconds until Mod took him out. I thought he should have come back at the end of the third quarter, but by the time he did come back – it was already like a 19-point deficit, I think, and it was kind of over. But, yeah, how concerned are you about what you saw from the eightless minutes from Phoenix last night? Because it just it, they seemed helpless on both ends without him. Yeah, that was something I wanted to touch on because when they take Aiton out, the game plan never changes. Like you, If you watch Kaminsky, he's doing the exact same type of rolls into the deep, deep post touches that Aiton would be doing, but they can't feed him because legitimately there's no reason to, like, his offense is not as effective or potent. And that really changes how Milwaukee defends it. Instead of having to scrunch in on Aiton from someone or Aiton from someone else, like the corner has to squeeze in on him and deny that touch. You just kind of let it go. And Frank, if you give it to Frank, what's he going to do with it at the top of the key or like midway in the post? Yeah. It's not going to be as effective. It's not going to have any kind of offensive production, but they still run those exact plays. And you're basically just leaving Chris Paul to get trapped up top. And he doesn't yeah. have the the outlet that he can just get to easily. So it's I mean it's it's interesting. I think Aiton's definitely gonna play a lot more next game and he's been very good with his fouls. This is the aberration of a game. Mm-hmm. So yes, he'll be all right it, come next game, I would assume. Yeah, it yeah, he hasn't this hasn't even been a problem all playoff, but of course Giannis is a little bit of a different animal. And yeah. uh hey this and the Suns are gonna struggle when they get that kind of performance out of Devin Booker. I mean, if you look at the three point shooting game to game, it's Staggeringly different. This game, they go nine for thirty-one, and last game they went twenty for fifty. Obviously, that the shot diet was different, and I think a big part of that is not having Aiden. I just don't think they were they were getting as good of looks without him. He really changes the way that defenses react. I mean, they don't react to that role as hard when it's a guy like Kaminsky, and when they go small, there just is no role. It's pretty much just five out. And when Devin Booker struggling in isolation like he was last night, the offense is it gets really stagnant. Because they don't have a ton of shot creators off the bench. They don't really have any. I mean, campaign, I guess. But campaign was horrible last night. I thought he took terrible shots. Yeah, I want to touch on that in a little little heavier in a second. He had the worst plus minus on the team. Minus 18 in 24 minutes. Three for 10. And I thought he took some very, very poor shots. Especially transition. Pulling up. Making bad plays at the rim. 
So they don't really have a lot of playmakers outside of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. When Devin Booker's struggling like he was last night, there isn't a lot to turn to. And Milwaukee took advantage of that. And, you know, I think it was also a case of, uh, you know, good deep, bad offense turns into bad defense. Milwaukee's out was able to get out and run a little bit more. And the game was pretty much over by the fourth quarter. <laughs> For the most yeah, part. It was, it, it was yeah. set and done. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on the campaign thing because are people sobering up on him? It seems <laughs> like so. everyone had that. that <laughs> I guess it was, I have to say, the second half of the season into the playoffs where they're like, oh, my, he's going to get. He's going to get starter money. He's going to get legit probably 18 a year. Maybe something close to Julius Randle deal, but for different you know, oh, implications. I, I, yeah. I saw that in the air and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's sure? a dangerous place, Philip. Uh, Twitter is Twitter's full of the, the innocent. But yeah, I mean, they, listen, they rely on him a lot, which is like kind of troubling. I mean, Phoenix is they're an interesting team because they are deep in the sense they, ha- they have a lot of guys that you can plug and they can – give you solid minutes. I mean, Cam Johnson had a pretty solid game, although he didn't shoot great from three, but he gave you that great spark, that ridiculous dunk, really yeah. nice up and under finish, makes that big three, cuts it to four points. He was a big part of that. Uh, you know, like, they, obviously, Jay Crowder's a nice role player, McCall Bridges, all the McCall Bridges. I think we kind of remembered, oh, yeah, McCall Bridges isn't a guy who's going to score 27 points. They don't have a lot of shot creation, even though they do have a deep team in terms of solid NBA players who are going to do good role stuff. They don't really have a six man off the bench that's going to give you, you know, pick and roll ball handling. They don't really have a guy, a microwave scorer off the bench. I mean, you could say campaign is, but, you know, I'm not I'm not buying that too much. So when you have Devin Booker struggling like he is, you have Don Drain in foul trouble, which, as I said, kind of limits the looks that Chris Paul can get, even though Chris Paul played pretty well overall. It just makes for a pretty mediocre offense. And that's what they were last night. They were a mediocre offense. Yeah. And it hurts their defense as well. So, <clears throat> yeah, no, no, they, no fight in that. Will they correct or will, <clears throat> has the momentum started to shift? It's, I mean, listen, the, the finals is a, it's, it's a seven game series. Every game matters. So there is a little bit of momentum shift. I mean, you can't say there's not. Yeah. And no, I mean, I, th- I mean, is the inkling of a, is the wave, I don't, I don't know the, the analogy, but has the small – Is the tide turning? Is the tide turning? Is the tide turning. Is the snowball starting to roll? Or it's is rolled, it, it, got, it, it got a little bit of a shove, but Phoenix still was – took care of business at home. And we can kind of pivot this to Milwaukee because Milwaukee – listen, they got another unbelievable game from Giannis, who is just – I mean, Giannis now has – I'm seeing some st- – like, there's a lot of stats coming out about Giannis and his performances. And I'm usually not – stats, but some of these stats are crazy. I mean, the the fact that he's doing this three games into his finals career, he already has more 40-point games than a lot of guys in, in the finals. Like, scoring 40 points in the finals is not supposed to be this thing where you just kind of do it, you know, just casually, your first time there. Keep walking into it. Yeah, he's – it's really impressive, and at this point, it doesn't really seem like Phoenix has a good option. So, you kind of got like two straight games. It's uh, it's impressive for sure. So, you can't say you're super surprised, but at the same time, like this isn't normal. So, yeah, it's another dominant effort. But the shooting from Drew Holiday was huge, and I still think that's going to be the the biggest wild card. Uh, same with Middleton, because Middleton, although he quieted down in the second half. I thought he came out the gate pretty hot, made some big shots for them, was able to do some pick-and-roll ball handling. 
Um, and that's big when those guys can shoulder a little bit more of a load. Are they going to be able to sustain? That is still my biggest question mark. Drew Holiday, 5 for 10 from 3. He hit some big momentum-shifting threes. When, when Phoenix started to get a little bit of a run, I believe he won, Phoenix was on a little bit of a run. I think it was a six-point game. And then Drew makes that little cross-step-back three. I forget exactly who was guarding him, but that was a huge shot. Honestly, one of the biggest shots of the night. And are they going to be able to produce at this level consistently? It's it's the biggest question mark still. So, And I think if you're a Suns fan, you, you have to say, all right, is Drew going to be able to do this? Because, I, I mean – all playoff, it's kind of been with Chris and Drew, you know, one one good game, one bad game, one great game, two decent games. One, it's so. That's the question mark for me. I'd have as both just Suns and a Bucks fan. If Drew and Chris can continue to play like this, then Milwaukee's got a great shot. But I'm not 100 sold that they can, based on what I've seen the playoffs this year. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> Portis and Connaughton gave them decent minutes off the bench. Yeah, it's a little concerning that. They had to keep so they had to get so much from the starters, but that's kind of what you expect at this point. But Porter was interesting. Portis was interesting. He was plus nineteen off the bench, and you know he hit some shots. He hit some weird. All right, I guess Bobby's just getting his type shots. Yeah, and the rebounding continues to be just, and it's that that's another factor of Aiton not being on the floor. I mean, Aiton does yeah. so many things for Phoenix. When he's not on the floor, the rebounding is just out of hand. <laughs> the Suns got. 13 offensive rebounds for the game. The uh, sorry, not the Suns. The Bucks got 13 offensive rebounds. The Suns got six. I'm just in the third quarter alone. The the Bucks got four, uh, and that was pretty much when Aiton sat mostly. Yeah. So, like, that's just a problem. I don't think Phoenix. I I, I don't I don't have a good answer as to what Phoenix should do when Aiden's on the floor because I don't really think they're built for that. They don't really have a backup center. I mean, Sarge was that guy, I suppose, but I don't know if he'd be doing great in this role either. They definitely could use a backup seven footer. They don't have it. So when you, Aiden gets a foul, they, they might have it. They just don't want to try it. How how big is Jalen? Oh, he's six ten. Never mind then. He's not seven footer, but it, you that, could definitely. There's no they harm in throwing him they out. They call him sticks for a reason. I don't, know if you want to, the I don't know if you want to throw sticks out there. I don't know if I want to throw wasn't a guy named a, Sticks. Wasn't that Joe Keem? Uh, wasn't that his name, or was it Stickity? Jalen Smith, they called Sticks in college. I know that. Interesting. Yeah. Either so. way. Sad situation. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, Giannis is going – Giannis is doing something different completely. Giannis is acting different right now, and he's he's just doing it in uh, every way. And also, I wanted so you remember to start the game yesterday when uh, Giannis came out of the game with like a minute and a half in. Yeah, yeah, that was I. I listened to some of his post game press conference, and we were all confused when we were watching the game. Kind of like, what's going on? Is he hurt? Yeah, and then he immediately I, I, went yeah. to those heat packs on his uh, hammy. Yeah, and I had a hunch that it was like he had all this nervous energy. That he yeah. wanted to collect. I said that, remember? And yeah, you know, post game, yeah, he didn't say that, but he was like, "Oh, I just I've talked to Bud about this, and I just let him know like when I need to breather, when I need to collect myself, like when I need to take a break, and I'll just take a break for like a minute, two minutes, and come back." I just think that Giannis's mental approach this year is just a little bit different. I, and so I'm not like saying every player should do that, but he's just a guy who seems very in tuned with what he needs to do, very in tuned with when he needs to do it and 
it's a guy that to me seems like he's as confident as he's ever been in the league. One turnover also, which is big because you remember in past playoffs, you know, bad Giannis can kind of be a turnover machine when he's just running into the wall. One turnover, six assists. He's making plays for others. 13 free throws. Yep, 13 out of 17 from the foul line. Yeah. Just just the ideal Giannis game. The ideal yeah, Giannis no, game. You can't go wrong. He could have yeah. easily had 50 tonight. Yeah, yeah, he could have he could have had 50. It didn't yeah. really seem like – there's even a stretch in the third quarter where the Bucks aren't getting the ball. They're, they're you know, they're, they're jack, jacking up threes. The Suns are in that janky zone, which kind of works, but not really. And Milwaukee kind of fell into a trap of taking threes. Milton took a couple bad shots. I thought Jeff Teague took a couple bad shots. And I was just like, can we, can we get Giannis the ball? <laughs> that So that's yeah. also something that I'm a little concerned about with Milwaukee is like, are they going to be able to kind of understand when they get Giannis the ball? Because he's not they're, – they're at their best when he's not bringing the ball up and they, they have probably either Drew or Chris playing point. But are those let guys going to post be... or let him him just cut yeah. down? Yeah, and I, I like and on that zone when he gets the ball at the foul line, they have no chance, especially when they're going small ball. So yeah, the one thing I wanted to see coming into the two zero going to Milwaukee was how many Chris Middleton, Giannis pick and rolls were we going to see? Still mm-hmm. minimal, like never yeah. happens almost. That was one of the things I always wanted to see during the season or just you know whenever because it yeah. just makes so much sense. There's honestly yeah. no stopping it, but we haven't gotten to that point yet, I guess. Yeah, they ran a couple probably, plays. Yeah, I mean, they, if you uh, just did ten possessions of that, you're realistically gonna get gonna get an effective field goal rate. You should, and they 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 ran a couple ball screens with Giannis, not like a set pick and roll, but kind of you know like some of those side pick and rolls where it's more so yeah. in the flow of the offense. Of Drew Drew made a really nice bounce pass to him on a dunk at some uh, I think earlier in the game. Drew played really well passing the ball, also. Uh, I mean, all, offensively wise, like. The Bucks were good. You can't really complain. For me, the biggest question mark just is the production of Drew and Chris going to sustain? If it does, if they're good for – listen, if they can combine for 40 points and give you efficient three-point shooting, that's enough because then you just hope Giannis can shoulder the rest of the load. You hope Brooke gives you a little bit of production on the offensive glass. You hope that Bobby Portis can come in and produce maybe for spot minutes like he did tonight, four offensive rebounds for Bobby Portis and their momentum shifting as well. So, but that's the question mark. Can they consistently give you 40 a night between the two on decent three-point shooting? They did tonight. I think it's a huge barometer about the success of their team. Yeah, and can we get a, can we get a surprise effort from one of PJ, Portis, Connaughton, maybe even Forbes? We just need yeah. one of them for the rest of the series. Yeah. Each, yeah. each game for the series. That will that'll be a big swing. So, I believe before this game, also can we uh, before we before we kind of zoom out for a second, what did you see from Devin Booker last night? Because that's a dud. It was. It. Um, uh, I don't really want to chat about this now because it's going to take a while to, to breathe out. <laughs> you're talking um, your, streak, your, your your streaky shooter um, theory hypothesis. It's a hypothesis, not even a theory yet. Okay, you haven't um, worked out the yeah, experiments. I, I guess I'll flesh it out. Maybe people want to comment and see what they think. Yeah, we we were talking about yesterday, I mean, earlier today. Is Devin Booker, where does he rank on the stars that are legitimately good streaky shooters? You know, a step above the average streaky shooter like Tim Hardaway Jr. where they have good nights. Whereas Devin Booker, he typically has good nights, but when he's on, he goes for 
probably double the average points he scores. Mm. And then when he's off, he has a legit chance of scoring less than 15. So he's going from his average of 25 to going less than 15. Usually there's kind of those variable stars that end up playing, especially in the playoffs, where it's just like, how, how does this happen? Mm. And we saw a game like that with Booker. Obviously he's young and, you know, you can grow out of that mold, but it seems like that's kind of where he sits at the moment. Yeah, Booker, listen, and when he's not getting to the foul line, he's not going downhill, and he's taking a lot of threes especially, he's really, like, his bread and butter, and he can kill you from three because he's a great shooter, hit seven threes last game. But his bread and butter isn't, you know, being a long-range shooter, although, like, he is a pure shooter. You you prefer him working downhill. You prefer him working off of ball screens and getting into that mid-range game of the paint, drawing fouls. Uh, Devin Booker, quietly, though, he's – since – um. The last two series haven't been too smooth for him uh, overall. Uh, you go back to the Clippers series, he shot below 40% from the field. And now this series, he's shooting below 40% from the field again, although it's only been three games through. Yeah, when did the uh, face mask thing happen? It did happen at some point in the Clippers series. I'm just trying to remember exactly when. Right, because I remember, yeah. I mean, the, the statistics on his first two games were encouraging. Like his mid, mm. the first game, his mid range was completely on. The second game, it kind of came back to reality. And then after that, his statistical field goal was just pretty, pretty bad in terms of yeah. how he plays. So I'm trying to remember when exactly that. I'll try to look into. I'll Google it. Yeah, well, but they're they're gonna need him obviously. And yeah. right now, the shooting is kind of coming and going. Just going back to last series. I mean, he. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Go back to the oh, Western Conference. It happened during game two. <laughs> happened during game two. Okay, so. Intrigue. So game one of of the Western Conference semifinals, he goes crazy. 40 points, 50 for 29 from the field, gets the line seven times, also 11 assists. That was probably his best game in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, that was, and that was without Chris Paul. Game two, they win, but he struggles. 20 points, 5 or 16 in the field, but he does get to the foul line. I get it. Him getting to the foul line is huge for his game. And. He's a st- and this is why he's a great scorer, and this is why other great scorers, even though maybe their jumper isn't on a given night, can still affect a game. Getting to the foul line is huge, and Devin Booker is great getting to the foul line. He's a great downhill player, even though people think of him as a shooter. He's a really, really good downhill player. When he doesn't get to the foul line, though, that's when his efficiency could drop. It happened in Game Three last series when he scored 15 points, 21 shots, only four foul shots. Happened again last night where he scores 10 points on 14 shots, only five foul shots. So, and although ironically, last game he didn't take any foul shots, but was on fire for three. So that was kind of the, the, the give and take there. But yeah, that's a long way of saying Devin Booker, they don't really have the time right now for him to be streaky. And he has been very good from majority of the playoffs. He was really good in the first round against the Lakers. I mean, and honestly, and I said that, Booker's best game was West Crown semifinal game one. Uh, let me fix that. It was game six of the first round against the Lakers was the best game. That game was crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. 40, 47 points. He went in 46 for minutes. Minute. Honestly, at this point, one of the forgotten performances because, I mean, the Lakers were coming back in that game and Booker was just unstoppable. Honestly, one of the best games of the playoffs from an individual performance standpoint. So, not trying to make it sound like Devin Booker has not had a good playoff because he has. Been very impressive for a young guy who has this is his first taste of the playoffs, right? But games like last night can't happen. And in a seven game series, whenever game is super crucial, one for seven from three, 
Only five foul shot attempts, 10 points in 29 minutes. Didn't play the whole fourth quarter. It's uh, It can't happen again, is all. <laughs> yeah, the fourth quarter, I want to ask you about that when we were done with our little Booker spiel, because what do you think was going on? There was there had to be a reason he didn't play the fourth quarter. Typically, I mean, you saw Chris Paul out there. If the reason yeah, well, behind yeah, yeah. Booker was rest, then Chris Paul would theoretically be out as well, and they would just, you know, throw in the cards. It was weird. It was weird. And especially, and I thought, and Booker also sat out, if I remember correctly, I think he sat out some of the end of the third quarter as well. Yeah. And that was when it was just Chris Paul out there with like four non-Aiton players. And I mean, I was like, if you're not going to have Aiton out there, at least get Devin Booker out there so you get a little bit more offensive creation. But yeah, I mean, only 29 minutes for Devin Booker and it wasn't due to foul trouble. He only had two fouls. So maybe Monty didn't like what he was seeing. Maybe he wanted, maybe he saw that this game wasn't going anywhere. He wanted Devin Booker to collect himself. I don't know, whatever, whatever happened, happened. It's definitely odd. It's definitely odd. I don't really have any detail. Um, We don't have any inside sources. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, it's noteworthy for sure. Monty did some interesting things for today. And he also went to the, post game and complain about the officiating uh which is cool i guess monty i mean Giannis <laughs> trying was, to fight for the boys Giannis was getting hacked he, he, he his argument was that his team took less free throws than Giannis took i was like okay you don't have Giannis, so that would make sense you guys yeah. you guys you guys played <laughs> your center played 24 minutes and nobody else in your team can guard Giannis so that that'll happen plus if you really want to play that game i mean how many free throws did you guys have the first game oh yeah of course i mean yeah it's, it, it's, yeah it rang out as a little bit of them like little, little unaware but whatever whatever monty do you and so let's zoom out for a second phil so game three happens every game is different though uh also Sounds wasted a six for seven night from Jay Crowder. Gotta say that. But yeah. so, so take take Jay Crowder's three point shooting out of it, and they go from ninth to thirty one from three. Take Jay Crowder out of the equation. That's three for twenty four. I can math. Three for twenty four from, from three without Jay Crowder, which is crazy. So bad shooting happens for sure. But the game is over, and now we ha- head to milwaukee for game four we stay in milwaukee so, we stay in that cream city baby we stay in milwaukee we, we stay in the, in the deer district phil i believe before this game and you tell me if i'm wrong you said that the you put the percentages at so this was after phoenix was up to oh you said some 60 percent chance to win the series is that correct yeah where'd you put yours at i think i said 75 25 okay where are you yeah now? yeah I'd still, I'd still stay there. I'm hesitant. I want to see what happens when it's straight up two two, or if it's three one. You know, I think the Bucks still have a good chance as they did before because realistically we haven't seen them at home yet. And you knew those. We talked about this before. The role guys are going to make a difference in terms of the Suns' role players maybe coming back a step when they're not in Phoenix, and the Milwaukee role guys stepping mm-hmm. up a little bit. Like we saw McCall Bridges, he he was just a net negative. He scored four points and he had four turnovers. So these things yeah. kind of make a difference. Yeah. Obviously, Cam Johnson made up for it. But if Cam Johnson did what he did and McCall was putting out his typical you know, output, it might be a completely different game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it last time we were watching the game, especially playoffs. That home team, the role players seem to get like plus four overall. And the the 
the road role players get like minus eight overall just because it just gets a little tense. You know, you hear the crowd. They're not they're not vibing with you anymore. And the field is just a little different. So, yeah, you get – I mean, Jay Crowder didn't seem phased. He was he was hitting everything. Jay Crowder's unfazable. He's a dog. Yes, he's a dog. But, yeah, campaign played poorly. McCall Bridges didn't make much of an impact. Uh, and then from the Milwaukee side, obviously Bobby Porras gave him a huge edge. And you get great shooting out of your other guys. And Giannis is, a, is dominant. So, blow a win. But you're staying. That's around 60-40. I'd say 60-40. I feel good on the Bucks. I felt good on the Bucks coming in, and I still feel good, but I'm not going to overreact to one game when they go home and they blow everybody out. We've seen it before. That's valid. Game fours are we kind, you kind of thought this game was Milwaukee's, you know, Milwaukee was in a, a side position. Game, game fours are very are very interesting. Can they yeah. make it 2-2? Uh, it's different. I mean, 3-1 obviously isn't. It's not, it's not a deficit you can't make up, but you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there at all. So game Definitely four will be very hard. intriguing. Yeah. So, you got anything yeah, else in the series right now, Phil? Um, I do want to – I want to get your estimate. Mm-hmm. Campaign free agency. Give me a number. A number plus the years? You're a team that theoretically wants campaign. What, what are you okay. offering him? What do I want him for, though? Trying to make him my starting point guard? You want him to be campaign, but on your team. So a backup point guard. Like a six-man type of thing. Six-man type of thing. So I mean, realistically, teams are going to – they're not idiots. They're going to realize he's a very decent spark plug. Yeah. I mean, what would I be comfortable giving him? Yeah. I'd probably be comfortable giving him $10 million a year. All right. Yeah, I can't fight that. Yeah. I keep seeing stuff where it's like Celtics are trying to get Jeff T or not Jeff T off campaign to be their starting point guard. It's like, oh, I'd rather have Pritchard at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Just let Pritchard that's... be quiet in the corner. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want him as a starting point guard. Has he has he monetarily moved his way out of Phoenix though? Is it gonna be hard for the Suns to run this back? It could be for sure. It could be. It could all I be mean, gone. They could disappear like that. Chris Paul, Payne. Yeah. yeah. I think Torrey well, Craig's I mean, also on his way out. Could be, at least. This, this, this series is going to be a huge indicator as to, I think, what direction they want to go in and how they view this team, even though – because this is a great shot to win the finals, obviously. They're still up 2-1, so they're – you know, probability-wise, they should win. They're more likely to win than not, but, you know, winning the title and not winning the title – it gives you two different levels of kind of freedom and margin for error, I would say, with your off-season moves. Fair enough. Do you still have the Suns in seven? Is that your that was your prediction before? It was. Yeah, I'll stick there. I'm rooting, right. I'm rooting, I'm rooting Bucks. I'm rooting Bucks, but yeah, I'll stick with Suns in seven for now. All right. Anything else you want to touch on? I I could go Colin Sexton for a minute or two. I've seen Team all the USA. Team USA. We can do Team USA. Yeah, team, US, team USA losing to Team Nigeria, ninety to eighty-seven. Uh, kind of embarrassing. I don't know. Anything to say about it? Um, I haven't watched the game yet. I'm going to. I'm also going to watch the game tonight. Who are they playing? Yes, I believe they play Australia tonight. Oh, is Giddy on the roster? I keep seeing his name in the box score. No, I think like, he's he one of those. Sure he got... But he oh. might be one of those Darius Garland replacement guys until a USA guy sh- or Australia guy shows up. I guess. 
Because his is name is on the box score. Really? His name is on the box score, but he doesn't play at least the game against uh, Green Bay. I don't think, I don't think he's going to play. Um, no, I don't think he'll play either, but maybe he'll, hmm. he'll be off the roster soon if he's even on it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of thoughts on Vildoza. I haven't watched too much Vildoza. I've seen some the highlights. Highlights are very short. His shooting form kind of looks like Jeremy point. Lin. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good comp. He needs to get up. Like he, he gets, he rises on his jump shot. Yeah. All right. International hoop. It's happening. You, I don't know. You watch Team USA. What do you think? Yeah, I've been watching him. I'm, I'm making my way through. But I got nine minutes left in the fourth left right now. Uh. I think that well, point what sticks out to me is they're they're not a physical team, and I think that's something that could hurt them international basketball. Which is, I mean, I'm still I'm still picking them to win the whole thing. Obviously, they have too much talent, but they usually have at least one or two legitimate seven footers, and they don't really have any this year. And so, listen, they they have all the offensive talent that you can pretty much have, but. Defensively, rebounding wise, they're a little soft in the interior. And when you're not hitting shots, they, they've missed a lot of shots against Nigeria. Offense was eh. They had a few nice team basketball players, but for the most part, it was kind of one pass and shoot, and they're missing a bunch of shots. They're not, un, unlike other USA teams we've seen in the past, especially when LeBron and Kobe were there, they were reliant on their defense at the time, and Dwayne Wade too reliant on their defense to kind of overwhelm opponents. And this is not a team that I don't think is going to do that. They have a lot of subpar defenders. They don't have great rebounders. They got outshot by Nigeria, got out-rebounded, and they got outset, got upset, straight straight up outplayed. I can't even say it's because of effort. I mean, there's probably some effort issues in there, but Nigeria beat them. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what you were talking about before, they, they seems like they're going to go small ball for the majority. They don't really have an option at this point, and – Obviously, that's not that's not the case everywhere state outside the states. Yeah, so it it'll be really weird. Just you know, I don't know who's a, a relatively dominant big man when it, when they come down to it, but they're going to be bruisers that no I mean, one's going to want to get physical with, except for Bam or I mean, Kevin Love. He's not an elite post player, but I mean, Gobert's going to be an issue. That's true. Yeah, he's going to be a body in the paint that you don't want to deal and with. And there's also in international basketball, no defensive three second. Yeah, he can hang out. This yeah. is tailor-made for Rudy Gobert because on offense, there's also no offensive goaltending when the ball's in the cup. So he can yep. legitimately just put his hand around the hoop and just wait for the ball <laughs> to be there and tap it. <laughs> yeah, well, it has to hit the rim first, but yeah. Yeah, you just wait it out, keep your hands up there when it taps, <laughs> immediately flush it or tap it down. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes it makes sure offensive rebounding it, it makes offensive rebounding even more of a a difference maker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, Team USA, thoughts on the jerseys? I know you didn't like them. I like I'm the white ones. On them. I just don't like the blue <laughs> ones. We, we really contrast on that. I can't say that. The white ones are blue. I, it's just I like a know. weird. The red at the they top. Needed to throw in, that's what I'm saying. They needed to throw in the red because the other one was all blue. So, they're like, we'll do white. I guess we have to throw in red. So, let's just do a weird check or shoulder yeah, pad. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, they're all right. I like the old. I like older ones. About the 2016, they had nice ones. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah mostly uh, nice throughout. And, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, I'll cover that for game three. Team USA, no Sexton. No Sexton. No sexy <laughs> chatter. Or you just don't want Sexton. 
<laughs> None Both. of it. <laughs> Just all, all of it. All of it. All of the above. Fair enough. Well, can, can I, I give that? you one? Yep. Can, can I give you one random challenge? I'll give you a yeah. number on the Olympic team. You've got to guess who it is. Okay. Eight. On the USA team? Yeah. Uh, who's number eight on the USA team? It's not Levine, although he's eight in real life. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, You've narrowed well, one. Oh, it, it could be somebody who's not playing. That, that it could it, be. I think it is because I was, I've been watching the game and I, I don't remember. So, is Booker eight? No. He's Booker's 15. It's Middleton. Milton. I thought Booker you got it right. Good, good deduction. <laughs> yeah. I give you okay. pretty much most of the credit on that one. Thank you. All right. I guess that's it. Unless you want to keep going <laughs> with numbers. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. That's Game Theory Action Pod. My name is Nate with my pop pal, Phil. As always, check us out on Twitter at Pod. Check us out on all platforms to listen to our podcast. Check us out on YouTube, Hoopscoop. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. See you.